Alright everybody, you got a few minutes to look at it. Grab a red pen or a green pen or a crayon or whatever you want. Uh, let's put phones away. Let's put devices away. All you need out is your test and something to write with. Does anybody not have an actual test that needs one? I want everybody to have one in front of themselves. Everybody got one? We're good? You don't have one. Here you go, you got it. Hey, can you put your phone away, away? Yeah. Or turn it off? Yeah. Whatever you need to do. You got it away. Oh, it's in your pocket. You're good. Cool. Nice job. Thank you, team. All right, so follow along. See how you did. Anybody glad for 100? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'd like everybody's attention. I'm going to use a firm voice. I don't often do it, but some of you really need to pay attention for the next hour. And I'm being very sincere, but very serious. We got an average, class average of 43%, ready, on the book of Acts in a Bible class, all right? So what do some of us need to do right now in Bible class? Some of us, <laughs> now some of us need to pay attention while we learn about the Bible. Got it? Some of you don't like Jesus, don't like Christianity, quite frankly, don't like Bible class. Guess what you need to do for the next hour? And I'm, I'm actually even being more sincere here. Not that I can be, because I was super sincere earlier. You need to pay attention. Because a lot of people don't like Christianity because they have crappy theology, or they don't know what good theology is, or they've misunderstood God or Scripture. Does that make sense? And so you need to pay attention so you know what the standard is for Christianity, or what, what early Christians really looked like, or what the Bible actually says. Fair enough? And so if, you're, if you haven't read the book of Acts, if you're going to be an atheist someday, make sure you know what the Bible says, <laughs> right? And so it's really important. Either way, I'd love to get your attention. Now, there's a couple key questions on this test. One of them, uh, we have 14% correct. And it's one of the mo most essential questions on this whole thing. And that to me says, whoa, seniors at Wheaton Academy, we need to... Make sure we know what the Bible says. Fair enough? No we'll get there. Okay. So follow along. Ask questions. I'm going to go pretty quick. All right, I'm going to be really direct, maybe kind of blunt on some things. Um, I'm not trying to offend you or your pastor or your parents or whatever. And remember, I want you to make sure this is not Mr. D's theology. What are we reading? We're reading Luke. <laughs> Luke wrote this, question number one. Luke wrote this. Does he know Jesus? Was he around for this stuff? Yeah. Second, uh, we're looking at a lot of Peter, Paul, Luke's theology, not Mr. D or your pastors. Right? Got it? I think that's where some of us might need to focus and pay attention, take some good notes. Number one, traditionally the author of this book is... Luke, Dr. Luke, okay? Uh, I, with each question, I'm going to have a, a thought for you. It's like the uh, Great Divorce Quiz. We, this is a chance for us to learn how to read a little bit or to learn some stuff. Did Jesus tell Luke to stop being a doctor? No. Luke's a doctor. No one's told him to stop. My dad was a doctor. Can he be filled with the Holy Spirit and be a doctor and a scientist? Yeah, these, these aren't antithetical. My dad used a, D, a yellow DeWalt drill 
At CDH to put knees and shoulders back together. I watched him do it. It was crazy. Hammer and screws. It was awesome. Was that a spiritual gift for him? Was he acting in the gift of heal? Was he acting in the gift of healing? Yeah. Now, could I also pray for your knee to get better and have it get healed supernaturally? Yeah. Can my dad fix it and have it be supernatural? Like yes, 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 yes. Why do we try to separate medicine and healing? Pray for healing. Cool. Go to a doctor. Awesome. Pray for your headache to go away. Excellent. Take two Tylenol. Awesome. Like, why are these against each other in our, our culture? They weren't back then. He was a disciple, an apostle, and a doctor. <laughs> got, like, got it? And that's only uh, verse one. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, your dad did my dad. I know. We went, yay. How's the knee doing? Great. All right. Cheers. <laughs> awesome. The author particularly notes in chapter 1 that Jesus says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon those gathered, they will specifically receive wisdom. No, what'd they get? What's the word? Power. They got power. <laughs> I, I, again, I really want to lean into some of this stuff. Many of you have been told that God is powerful, is he? You've been told that Jesus is powerful, is he? Yeah, yeah but guess who? Some of you, like, you don't have to raise your hand, but you ask Jesus into your heart. <laughs> well, he probably came in, which makes you what? Powerful. Really powerful. You guys, Jesus was powerful against sickness, against the devil, against the kingdom of darkness. We're supposed to be like who? Jesus. So that we can do what? Be powerful and kick Satan's butt. Like, not kidding. You better at least see yourself as more powerful than Satan. Otherwise, he's going to bully you. Right? But it's not just more powerful than Satan. It's powerful against disease, against the principalities, against all. We have authority in Christ to use the power of the Holy Spirit, to work through the Holy Spirit, to have God work through us to bring the kingdom of God where? Here and now. You are powerful. Yeah, let, dramatic pause. You know, right? More powerful than any superhero or character in any of the movies that you're going to study in the next three weeks. Right? Which I think a lot of us, we dressed up as these characters and we're like, oh, I want to be like Luke or Yoda. Like, <laughs> Fine. We're settling when we do that. When we're going to try and be like Jesus. Click, Maybe. When Jesus was done speaking, he was taking up to heaven, leaving those gathered around him staring at the sky. <laughs> True or false? I love that verse, right? Come on, everybody, everybody do, if they're gonna like do the movie, you have to like talk to the actors. Okay, everybody now do this. I got a drool. I love the angels, they're all like, um, what, what are you guys doing? <laughs> well, our leader, he just kind of did what? <laughs> Exit stage up. You know, like, put a little cloud. Like, did he float on a cloud, maybe? Did the story just get weird in verse 8? No, you guys, right? Picture you're someone reading the Bible, and you're, like, looking through it, like, Jesus just did what? Floated? Up to heaven? Hey, did that actually happen? Yeah. Okay. Can you understand why a lot of people don't believe this book? No. Yeah, thank you. It's really weird. Uh, I've already embraced the crazy. 
part of why I teach it. It's, it's crazy. You guys don't try to say the Bible's not crazy. The dude just flies away. <laughs> right? Like, that's nuts. Sorry, I'm laughing. Like, it's crazy. Right? Which, by the way, tomorrow in chapel during our praise and worship song, if someone started floating, would that be antithetical to scripture? No, for real. I'm not joking. No. So I, if it happens, or when it happens, I hope at least some of you will allow for it to be biblical. Because most people will probably call it demonic or magic or whatever. When actually, if we're worshiping Jesus and someone starts floating, they might be just doing what Jesus did. Right? Remember, what's on the table, you guys, for us to do? Whatever Jesus did. <laughs> it's a, he said, anyone who believes in me will do the things I do. <laughs> Maybe that's how I'll go to heaven. <laughs> Anybody who believes in me will do the things I do. Oh, and they'll do greater things than I do. That's Jesus in the book of John. And by the way, I looked up anyone. A lot of you were taught, like me, that it was just the 12 disciples. Now, what's the word anyone mean? And I looked it up in the original. Guess what it means in the original? <laughs> oh, anyone. Okay, keep going. Uh, Mary... Jesus' mom was with the group of disciples that had gathered in the upper room to wait and pray for the Holy Spirit to come. True or false? Super true. Uh, I want to see a show of hands, although you do not have to raise your hand. But how many of you, when you were taught this in Sunday school, have had a flannel graph or a picture or a painting and it was 12 men? Come on. 12 men with a fire on their heads. That was a lie. Who was there? Mom, at least mom was there. So we got to have Mary with some little fire going. Uh, there were women and children there. So ready, everybody, girl power? Are girls people too? Are girls apostles too? Are girls disciples too? Yes. Uh, you guys, I'm being really blunt though right now. I was taught a lie. It's not biblical. Some of you are going to be Sunday school teachers. If you're going to do the Pentecost scene, can you at least put mom there? Because moms are what? Awesome. Moms are awesome. You guys, of course Mary was there. Who did she have like in her body 33 years earlier? God was like in her. Right? Of course she's going to let the Holy Spirit land on our head and go for it. Love it. We good? When the Holy Spirit came, it came like a dovey. Little dove. Ready? Yeah, dove on fire. That was, that was a decent dove, right? Yeah. One more, one more. Ready? I've been working on that one for a while, actually. It wasn't dovey. Dovey came when Jesus got baptized. What showed up? Wind and fire. You got to love the fire. Where do, we, where do we see fire in the Bible as God? The burning bush. Burning bush. Pillar of fire. Come on, Elijah. Boom! Fire! And then Pentecost. Whoa! Fiery head. Awesome. Hey, you guys. Holy Spirit could have come as a lot of different things. At Pentecost, it was fire. That is just an aw I mean, of all the things to pick. I know. Dude. So cool, right? Talk about didn't have fire on their heads. <laughs> they were in it. <laughs> all right. Uh, the disciples were accused of being drunk at Pentecost. True. True. Some of you need to catch this. Hey, class. The early worshipers were accused of being drunk. 
laying on the floor, passed out, laughing uncontrollably, mumbling and we can't understand them, dancing crazy. And some of you have mocked the churches that do that when they're just being like who? The early church and the disciples. I'm being really blunt. I, I know some of you have mocked it. I did. It's biblical. When you got someone laid out in the spirit on the floor, it's, if, if they look like they're drunk, it could be biblical. Does that make sense? Laughing uncontrollably in the spirit. One of the fruits of the spirit is love. Joy. joy. Not love, seriousness, self-control. Uh, self-control is one, which is really cool. But the early disciples were drunk in the spirit. If you're like, oh, but that was just then. Guess what Paul told the church to do? Paul himself says, look up the verse. Don't get drunk on wine. That's lame. Get drunk with a spirit. He actually says it. I know. I want to challenge you. Now, do you have to be dancing around, laughing, laying on the ground? Hey, class. Do you have to do that while you're worshiping? No. Not at all. And maybe sometimes it would not be appropriate. But are churches allowed to do this? Are we allowed to do it? Can you let other people do it if you don't want to? Yes, yes, and yes. I just want to encourage some of you to be really careful how you judge how people worship, dancing around, waving flags, doing art, laying on the floor, laughing, filled with joy. Just be careful, right? The other side of it is, have you ever considered what that might mean to just worship in a way where you just let the Holy Spirit control you in worship? Right? What might that look like for you? Um, I'm going to challenge you there. I, uh, on one of my adventure trips, we got out the rum. Uh, we gave everybody on the trip a glass. We poured, the gla we poured rum into all the glasses. The others, they were like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, we got this. We took our glasses of rum to the side of the boat and dumped it in the ocean. Because we, no, because we knew what? We knew that that would do what to the party? It would ruin, it would ruin the party. What we did is we're like, gift, dump that out. Hey, Holy Spirit, let's go. And we had a blast. It was awesome. Because we knew that the alcohol would take away from the awesomeness of the kingdom party. We wanted the Holy Spirit to fill us. We didn't want to lose our senses. We didn't want to lose control. We didn't want to, we wanted to be able to remember what happened. The alcohol would take away from it, right? It wasn't that we weren't supposed to get drunk. It was that we were supposed to get drunk on the right thing. <coughs> Go team, we tracking? Yeah. The fish had a great night <laughs> for them. <clears throat> All right. Number seven. In chapter 2, verse 32, the author is very clear to point that Peter says to the crowd that Jesus raised himself from the dead. False. Jesus was what? Dead. Yeah, Jesus was dead. He was raised from the dead. And even this, it says, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Uh, this is a, can help you in doctrine class with Trinity. Jesus is dead. But the Father's not dead. Holy Spirit's doing just fine. We track him? Okay. So some interesting stuff just on the details and language of stuff. Number eight, 14%. Got this right. I really need you guys to pay attention. 
It was interesting. I, I don't know, did I give you this stat yet? For uh, my 70 seniors, the class average was 43.5%. My international students who are freshmen, their class average was what? 42, which is lower, but by a point. And there's a, they, 39% of them got this right. But for my seniors, it's 14%. For last semester, I think it was 18%. Last year, 11%. I need you to pay attention here. This is really important. Someone can look up Acts chapter 2, verse 39. Peter points out that the promise of the Holy Spirit is only for those present at his opening message and for the early days of building the church. Does Peter say that? No. He really doesn't. This is really important for you to catch. What does the verse say? Nice and loud. Got it? done. Who is it for? You. And then what? Their children. And then who? People who are far away, which may be Illinois. I don't know. right? And then what? Anyone who Christ calls. Who is the gift of the Holy Spirit? The promise, actually, of the Holy Spirit for everybody. Some of you in the room have been taught. I'm being really blunt and pretty bold, but some of you have been taught that the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit was only for the early church to build the church. Is that what the Bible says? No, no it just doesn't. Like, right? And actually, Jesus, I already quoted Jesus himself. He said, it's for anyone who believes, not just the 12 dudes. Some of us need to work on our, the clean up our theology. Don't take Mr. D's theology, please. All I'm doing is quoting who right now? The Bible and actually Peter. <laughs> right? Who, if you want to call the head of the early church, go ahead. Right? This is a big deal. Some of us need to work that through. The fact that only 14% of us got that right is an even bigger deal, I think. Okay? Keep going. Thoughts, questions, or comments? Are you okay? In the early days of the church, a deep sense of awe and wonder came over them all, and the apostles performed many signs and wonders. True or false? True. Yeah, tons of signs and wonders. It's really cool. Powerful stuff. So can signs and wonders be happening in church? Did they happen back then? Can they happen in your church? Can they happen in someone else's church? Check. A lot of us don't let that happen anymore. It happened back then. They're just trying to be like Jesus. There you go. It's even one of the spiritual gifts. It's called miracle working. Different than healing. In chapter, uh, in chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira ended up dead specifically because of greed. True or false? No. False. It was not because of their greed why they died. Why did they die? They lied. Does it say in the Bible they were sent to hell? No. 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 They were probably sent straight to heaven. <laughs> And they're like, like, why is that a punishment? Oh my gosh, you guys. Has anybody here ever been pulled out of an important game? All right, come on, raise your hand. Anybody in the room? The coach is like, off the field, get on the bench. Come on, right? What happened to Ananias and Sapphira? They're building the early church. They're building the early church. They start lying. You're off the team. Get out of there. Come on the bench. The bench is heaven. And you get to sit and watch everybody else do this amazing thing that has never happened before on the planet. The church is born, and they what? 
They got banished, man. What does that say about lying in church building? Bad, because who's the father of lies? The devil. Yeah, so you're partnering with the devil while you build a church? Not a good idea. Does that mean we should, like, kill everybody who lies in church? <laughs> uh, no. However, is lying a big deal? Yeah. You might get benched. <laughs> you might not, but anyways, onward. Keep going. Oh, I love number 11. Stephen, who was not one of the original 12 apostles, waited on tables. True or false? And his appointment in the early church, yet he was a man full of God's grace and power and performed amazing miracles and signs. True or false? True, 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 true. Hey, you guys, some of you need to not miss this truth of the early church. Stephen is the dude after the potluck dinner who cleans up all the paper plates and forks and the mashed potatoes on the floor and then takes those plastic tablecloths, right, and wraps them up and throws them in the garbage can. He waits on the tables. He cleans up after the potluck, yet he was also doing what? Miracles, signs, and wonders. He's the first martyr. He was doing so much that they threw rocks on him. And he was who in the early church? Was he a big old apostle up front preaching? Yeah, he was like the janitor. I, I love that. Because this is for who, you guys? All of us. It's for anybody. Now, can the dude up front or the girl up front with the oil do the hand thing? and let, Can they have that ministry? Sure. But so you can be the one in doing it over there and here and at home and wherever you want to go. It's for who? For everybody. It's for the people who wash the toilets for you at Wheaton Academy at 2 in the morning. Right? Right. It's for anybody. I, I kind of hope the person who's making the dinner is filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> it's going to be a good dinner. right? Like, There you go. Don't underestimate yourself. You guys, here's one way to frame it that has helped me understand this truth. Did Peter, Peter, have a different Holy Spirit than you sitting right here at this desk? Uh, one more time. I'm not sure we caught that. Did Peter, who walked on water and helped build the early church, have the same Holy Spirit that you and I have? Yeah. Got it? It's a big deal. It's really important. Some of you, like Ephesians talks about, will be in the office of evangelism and you know, healing and miracles and teaching and pastoring and apostling. It talks about that, like some people call it the fivefold ministry. Those people, it'd be like a teacher who teaches teachers. Got it? It's just because I'm a teacher doesn't mean that you guys can't teach, right? Just because someone has a ministry of evangelism, like Billy Graham, can't we also all evangelize? That's, I think, the lesson here. Okay. Keep going. Yeah, I think here's what the next the next question is: What they do with Stephen, the bad guys? They threw, they threw rocks on him. Part of it was because he was so powerful. Easy or hard to be a disciple? Yeah, in this world, we're at you guys. We're at war. Number twelve. Paul was lowered in a basket to save his life because people wanted to murder him. Yeah, and it was just over a debate about Jesus being real. They were going to kill him. Whoa, 
Blessed are the persecuted, right? Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble because he knows it's a war zone. I live in Wheaton and teach in West Chicago. How bad is the persecution? Not, not, honestly, it's not bad. It's really cush. We've had some people on stage who've had murder threats against their family. For real. Because of Jesus. I've had people want to be fired. Painful. I've had people call me demonic. I've had people mock me and yell at me. and I've had people insult me and not trust me. It hurts. I haven't had anybody want to kill me. But would that be antithetical to Scripture? I mean, it's, it's what happened to all of them, right? Some of them burned alive, filleted, literally. Some of them nailed to crosses, Peter upside down, right? Like this is, we're at war. So do you have to go on the disciple journey? You don't have to. Faith saves you by grace. But guess what discipleship will save you from? Not hell. It will save you from what? Your boring life. Your insignificant life. Your meaningless life. Right? Some of you may want to consider that. Ray, is she happy to go on the Jedi training journey? Easy or hard? Hey, by the way, don't we want Ray to be really powerful? Yeah. Don't we want her to learn and train really well? Yeah, because her enemy is what? Powerful, Powerful and a jerk, right? Are we tracking here? Same thing that's going on. Although Ray, did Ray have to be a Jedi? No, she wouldn't be the enemy. She could just go back to digging up stuff and, you know, Star Destroyer Rex and selling it for pennies. Bilbo does not have to go kill dragons. Boy, I'm so glad he went. <laughs> and so is who? So is Bilbo. Did Moses have to be Moses and deliver everybody from Egypt? Quite frankly, God could have picked someone else. Moses tried to say no. Got it? He, he didn't have to do it. He would have just, God would have found somebody else. All right. Peter publicly healed it. A paralyzed man named Aeneas in the town of Lydda with sad results. Only a few people believe in Jesus and they ran Peter and Aeneas out of town. True or false? What happened in that town? They all believe. The whole town believed because of what? Because of a miracle. A lot of you have been told, well, God doesn't do miracles anymore because then we're gonna, it won't take any faith to believe in him. I know some of you have heard that sentence. Uh, it takes faith to believe in miracles. <laughs> And by the way, Jesus himself said, fine, if you're not going to believe in me, at least believe in what? The miracles. Don't listen to anybody who tells you that we can't have miracles to help us believe. That's what the early church used the miracles for, to help people believe. We had a whole town believe because someone had a miracle. Woman at the well, she gets saved, converts the whole town. The dude who was, had the demons cast out of him into the pigs, they come back around and almost all those town, the region is starting to believe because of him. Wouldn't it be cool if we had a miracle happen in chapel and almost all of Wheaton Academy finally converted and started believing? Wouldn't that be awesome? I think it'd be great. It'd be really cool, right? I, I want us to really consider the part of that. Now, the lesson for this quote, this question is, 
just because you do a miracle in chapel, does that mean everybody's going to believe? No. We've done that around here, and some of them really help. We've actually already talked about four or five miracles in chapel, and does everybody believe? No. Right? Which is intriguing to me. Um, a lot of people will do what they did to Jesus. He can, did a whole bunch of miracles, and then they kicked him out of town. They're like, please leave. Go away. We don't want that here. Or even they kill him because of it. Right? Everything okay? Okay. Okay. Oh, very nice. Okay. Um, Peter brought a woman named Dorcas back from the dead who had a great reputation for helping the poor and making great coats and clothes. True or false? It's true. It's like the woman worked for Patagonia, dies, and what do we do? Bring her back to life because she makes awesome clothes. Now, you guys, I think, I think so many of you are missing this. What did she do for the early church? She was a fashion designer and made cool clothes. She dies, and what do we do? Oh, my gosh, we got to get Dorka back. We want some awesome clothes. Right? How many of you have laughed at the people who want to be hair designers or a fashion designer and not a missionary when they raised Dorcas back from the dead for her awesome clothes? Oh, and by the way, she was made a ton of money. What'd she do with a lot of it? Gave it to the poor. A lot of you, get out there, be supernaturally endowed with creativity, make an awesome business, make a ton of money, and uh, give a lot of it to the poor. Be really cool. Dorcas did. They brought her back from the dead because she was so good at it. But, but we underestimate this stuff. We're like, oh, we have to be a pastor or a missionary, which is awesome. <laughs> she was a fashion designer. <laughs> Love it. Which, by the way, cool clothes are pretty cool, aren't they? Right? I like a good jacket, good pair of shoes. I mean, Paul worked for North Face. I mean, sorry, Paul made his own tents. That's what he did. I like a good tent. He made enough money to support his ministry making tents, you guys. Let's not underestimate this stuff. All right? Paul was the only apostle called to the Gentiles. All the others focused on converting the Jews. True or false? Super false. We got the whole Cornelius thing, and Peter was to the Gentiles. The, the message is for who, you guys? Everybody. Eh, everyone, right? All of them. Number 16. 29% got this right. This is an important thing for us to consider. That means two-thirds of us missed this. The author writes it in Iconium. God used miraculous signs and wonders to prove that the message of the gospel preached by Paul and Barnabas was true. True or false? The answer is true. Again, some of you have had adults tell you we're not, we can't do signs and wonders and miracles anymore because it's going to like distract people from believing in God. Or they might just focus on the signs and wonder or the miracle and they won't believe in God. What did the early church literally do with the signs and wonders? Use it as proof that the message is true. Right? Which, by the way, good idea or bad idea? It could be a really good idea. We, I call it show and tell if you're taking notes. Our modern Western evangelical church is really good at what? Telling. And we're maybe okay at loving. And I think we're okay at being generous. But what about talking about a God who is greater, who is powerful, a God of miracles? How are we good at showing that? How good are we at showing? Uh, come on, let's be really blunt. We're not that great. We're not that great. If someone came to your house 
selling vacuum cleaners. I got this from a pastor out in California. I love this little thing. I love for it to be practical. They're selling vacuum cleaners. Like, hey, in my van out there, I've got this vacuum cleaner. It's so powerful. Yeah, you put it in the middle of the room, turn it on. Like, hide your cat. You know, like, it's just going to suck up everything. It's got a lifetime guarantee. It's awesome. It totally sucks. Huh? No? Uh, okay, thank you. So it's $400. You want one? What would I hope you guys do? No, 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 come on. What would I, What do you got to do with this guy? Let me what? Like, bring it in the house and show me. At least show me. You guys, we don't do that with our God. We're like, oh, he's awesome. He's amazing. He loves you. Believe him. When we would, with a vacuum cleaner, with a car, I want to at least drive it. With a house, I want to walk through it. With a vacuum cleaner, at least show me it works. The guy turns it on and like, the cat gets sucked up and so does the gerbil. And you know, like, ah, you know, and it's got a bowling ball is trying to pull in it. Like, okay, 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 okay. I believe you because I what? I see it. That's right there. Acts chapter 14, verse 3. They show how powerful God is. Fair enough? I think some of us may want to get on the journey to start figuring out how to do some of this stuff so we can show people the power of God, not just talk about it. Yeah? Show and tell. Can God still show us powerful stuff? Oh, yeah. Right? A lot of it is uh, we don't don't get because we don't ask. I think there's some of that. A lot of us, though, pray once or twice and then give up. When the disciples followed Jesus around for three years. I'll be saying that on next Friday in chapel. The discipleship journey is a big journey. Peter was not walking on water day three, right? And so I think we got to really, are we going to commit to this and really lean into it? This stuff in the book of Acts is four, five, six, seven years into their journey with Jesus. Many of us in the room are just getting started, right? All right, keep going. Paul and Silas, after praying and worshiping God in prison, had the chance to escape and be free once a massive earthquake hit, but chose to stay in prison for the sake of the jailer. True or false? Really cool. They were in an ancient prison. An earthquake, because their worship shakes it. They could go free. They stay. Anybody know what the research says on why that was such a powerful thing? What would have happened to this jailer? They would have killed him for not doing his job. That's why he was going to kill himself. You guys, wait, catch this. Yes, Jesus saves you, but what did Paul and Silas literally do for this guy? They what? They saved his life. And then the guy was willing to do what? Listen. His whole family converts. Some of you should get on ambulances as Christians. Some of you should be firemen and women. Some of you should get out there and be trained in how to save people's lives. Because it can create a powerful opportunity to speak into someone's life, right? That movie, um, Case for Christ movie, right? A woman from a church is in the restaurant and saves the daughter's life of this atheist. It's interesting. He has to deal with a kind person who saved his daughter's life, right? 
pretty powerful. That woman actually says, it wasn't a coincidence that I was here. I got a nudge to come to the restaurant tonight. Like, play out the story. Yeah? Powerful. It's in the movie. Go watch the movie. It's awesome. Keep going. The new converts who previously practiced sorcery made a public bonfire and burned their books that were likely worth millions of dollars. True or false? Big deal. Back then, when you burned a book, it was what? Gone. If we, if we burn them now, you can print another one. But back then, it's a huge, huge, millions of dollars. Yeah. Do you know, like, how much money it would have been? Like, lots of money. Lots of money. You guys, with Brother Ben, we finally just did what with his shaman stuff? We just burned it. Now, real quick, did we have to? Not necessarily, but is it biblical to burn the idols and burn the stuff? Yeah, we were letting fire... Get rid of this stuff. Fire is the operative thing here. I want to challenge you right now. Try to make a connection. What would it be like for a local, something local here, for them to burn all their books? Theosophical Society, right downtown Wheaton. The Quest Bookshop. If they, not us, if they converted and they understood... And they took all, they had a massive bonfire in that front yard. I'm praying for it. It'd be really powerful to see that whole place convert to Christianity and to have them burn their books and to turn that place into a, a maybe a school, a Christian school or something. I don't know. Be cool. What? That'd be awesome. You guys catching this though? Like, powerful. Hey, I want to challenge for some of you, what might you need to burn? Just be really blunt. I know someone in my in my college. They just they burned their their music. They just burned some of it, right? Which is sad. But you know what? A lot of the music that they burned, I have, because it doesn't pull me away from Christ. For them, it was. Does that make sense? <laughs> is there something that's pulling you away from Christ that the enemy might be using? that you could maybe burn, maybe literally, maybe metaphorically? What apps do you need to delete on your phone? What things do you need to block? Block, you know, that's like shit a spear, right? All right, Paul was the first missionary to raise support successfully for all his missions trips, creating a model for modern churches, true or false? True. Way false, not true, he did not do that. Did Paul raise any money? No, Paul did not raise any money. Paul got himself a job, made tents, and funded himself on his missions work. Is that an excellent model? Oh, it's a great model. Paul did a fabulous job with it. Now, are there any other models, though? Can you go raise support and ask people to support you on your missions trip? Totally. Who did that? Jesus. <laughs> Talk about girl power. right? Dorcas rocks the house, and Mary was there. Uh, Mary Magdalene, bless her. A thousand times. But I love the verse. It says, oh, yeah, a bunch of rich women followed Jesus around and supported his ministry. It's <laughs> so awesome. Who support? How come Jesus didn't have to work for three years? Because the rich women were supporting. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> I can't say it without laughing. Girl power. Let's go. Oh, wait. Did that mean that girls had jobs? <gasps> yes. And not only that, they were what? Rich. They were rich. I know. Mapa, mapa, bring it, girls. I love it. Crack me up, right? Anyways, makes you wonder why Mary cracked that perfume on his feet, right? Like, oh, 
probably made some really cool perfume. Go team. All right. Um, I like the fact that we have both. Jesus didn't work. People supported him. They were happy to do it. Paul worked his butt off and did not take a penny from anybody he served. Ready? Real quick. Real quick. Why was Paul, what's the why here? It's right there in the book of Acts and in some of his letters to the churches. Why did he not take money from them? Anybody know? Well, think about it. Whenever someone gives you money, there's strings attached. Always strings attached. Now, they might be good strings. Accountability, connection, friendship, support. That Those are good strings. Are there some negative strings potentially? Yeah, like a... Like someone who will give $5 million to a school, but they hate dancing. So then you're not allowed to what at that school? Yeah. Interesting. Although, are we allowed to now? Yay. But I think it's so interesting. You guys, a lot of people will give money to a church, which is great. But then that church could be beholden to those people who gave them money if they're not careful and if the givers aren't careful, right? Did Paul want to deal with any of those strings attached? No, because then he had a church, hey, we gave you $5,000. You got to stay an extra day. He's like, nope, sorry, tent making, see ya, <laughs> right? And he can move on. So I just want to challenge you in your ministry. You can raise money, raise support, do whatever you'd like to do. Jesus asked for money, raised money. He had support. I don't know what he did. At the very least, the verse says that rich women followed him around and supported his ministry. I love that. All right. So great. Uh, uh, Paul did not take a dime from anybody. Strings attached. I think Jesus was fine with the strings attached there. He could nav navigate that well and handle it well. Okay. Just make sure you know what you're getting into when you receive money from someone, even your own family. Oftentimes, even more so with your own family, there can be even bigger strings attached. Fair enough. So some of you may just want to go get a trust fund or get some big old inheritance or work your butt off and have a good job or whatever. I don't know. Some of you may want to raise support. Either way, they're both biblical. Paul and Jesus rocked the house. We good? Uh, true or false? Even though Paul was a J Jewish, he was also a Roman citizen by birth. True. Why did I put that on here? What did Paul do with that? Oh, man. He was like, play that card. Uh, Caesar. I feel Caesar. Like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Are you allowed to play those cards to navigate our culture? Do other people play those cards? Did Paul play those cards? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you play cards all day long. If you got the card, play it. Right? That's okay. You don't want to manipulate. You don't want to abuse. You don't want to lie. But if you've got those strings and you've got those cards... We're building the kingdom here. Go for it. Some of those things that Jesus says about money and stuff. <laughs> uh, crack me up. Okay, I'm, we should probably just move on to the next few. Um, how did the disciples decide who would replace Judas? Cast lots. <laughs> what? what? For real? Yeah, for real. So. Yeah, so they didn't just take, okay, he's a horrible option, and he's a good option, but let's cast lots. Uh, no, they had like two good options, and then they cast lots. I wonder if they even just did that to create some objectivity. So that it wasn't like, we all like him, so that's why we picked him. The objectivity works. Now, the, oh, here's the, the key. So can you cast lots? Can you pull two names out of a hat? Can you pull a college out of a hat and make that your college your decision? 
You really can't. It would be biblical. They did it. Hey, real quick, though. Only do it if you what? Trust God. Yeah, if you trust God to actually work through that. See, if you don't trust God and you cast lots, you're going to be living in doubt even more so than you already are. Okay? If you got a crappy school and a good school, well, let's cast lots. Like, uh, no. <laughs> uh, don't go to the crappy school. <laughs> Fair enough. Right? But for here, they had two great options. They cast lots. And I think for some churches, they could learn from this. It creates the objectivity. And if you really trust it, can God work through it? Yeah. There was a teacher who used to work here. Love this guy. He and his wife had two job options. They had prayed. They had fasted. They had got counsel. They're both great. Ah! At the end of the day, I remember them telling me, they're like, okay, Matt, just pray for us tonight. We're going to pull it out of a hat. I'm like, I got you. I pray. And they, they pulled it out of a hat. They ended up at Wheaton Academy. There you go. The nice thing is that either one was fine. Yeah. One of my friends who's a junior was deciding between two interim jobs and was super torn. So yeah. she just prayed and flipped the coin. Yeah, great. Did it work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because they're both great options. Does that make sense? And that just lets go. And also the nice thing is it kind of gets you off the hook here. It's like you get out of this rational, I don't know, I don't know. And you're just going around and around in circles. Like, woo, get it out of your hands. Put it in God's hands. Flip a coin. I like it. Thanks for sharing. Cool. Um, the number of those who believed and were baptized and added to the church that first day was what? 3,000. 3, I think a couple weeks later, it was like another two. So we're talking in like a month or two, 5,000. Oh, holy cow. Is God against, is God against megachurches? No, the first church was a megachurch. Some of you bash megachurches. Careful. The first church was a megachurch. Everybody got that? Now, can a megachurch stink? And can it be unhealthy? And can there be problems? Yeah. Can it? Can a megachurch be really healthy and be awesome and be powerful and change the world? It did back then. Can a small church stink and be too small and be frustrating and overwhelming? And can that happen with a small church? Can a small church be awesome and powerful and connected and intimate? Yeah. So did anybody just catch the lesson there? Does it matter on the size? No, it matters on the health and function of the church. Got it? Honestly, it probably has to do mostly with Holy Spirit and love and honor and unity and and whether or not it's Bible-based. Joseph, a.k.a. Barnabas, was very generous. Interestingly, his legendary nickname means... Barnabas, son of encouragement. encouragement. You're like, Dominguez, why'd you put that on there? You guys, what what was this guy's superpower? You're giving hugs, you <laughs> know, writing, writing notes. Wait, you guys, why did Paul need a superhero with him who had like E on his like cape? What did Paul need? Encouragement. He needed superpower encouragement to do this crazy job he was doing. Some of you are going to have the gift of healing. Some of you will be like Gandalf with miracles. Some of you will be evangelists. Some of you will be pastors. Some of you will be like Mary, super moms, which is awesome, right? And some of you will have the superpower gift of encouragement, like Sam with Sam and Frodo. I love Sam. Come on, right? So good. I think so, right? He gets the last line, right? Come on. Inklings. Hashtag Inklings. All right. Uh, What is the name of the religious leader of families? He said, let them go. If they're... If they're planning and doing these things merely on their own, it'll soon be overthrown. But if it, I love this. But if it's from God, you won't you won't be able to overthrow. 
you may even find yourselves fighting God. Who said that? I live in an enemy. My name is Camilla. I don't know how to say it. All right. Anyways, that dude said this awesome thing. Hey, uh, time out. Coming on strong. But some of you in the room have bashed powerful churches who, in the name of Jesus, have lots of signs and wonders and miracles and some crazy worship going on right here in DuPage County or in other parts of our country or across the planet. Careful. Careful which church you bash. The early church, as we've just seen, was pretty crazy, doing crazy stuff. Signs, wonders, miracles, worship like they were drunk. Watch out. How long has that church lasted, by the way? Not too shabby. I love how this dude's like, Hey, watch out who you're bashing in the name of Jesus. These were religious leaders bashing the early church because of their signs and wonders and miracles, their powerful preaching. I, I'm not going to name names or point fingers. I'm not here to do that. But if the Holy Spirit's convicting you right now, you may want to consider. Fair enough? All right. I had to consider... Some good healthy research, maybe a visit, also just watching and praying can consider. The location where believers were first called Christians was where? Antioch. Antioch. I think location doesn't really matter. What were they first called? Christians. What does Christian mean? Little Christ. It actually means little Jesus. (laughs) Little Christ. I know. What are we supposed to be, you guys? Little Christ. Again, I'm trying to bring a full circle. I think a lot of us miss the message here. Jesus will save you. Sweet. If you want, you can actually be a Christian, which means to be a little Jesus. Not just talking about him, but actually being like him. Doing what Jesus did, which would potentially include flying, I guess, right? <laughs> flying off to heaven if you want. Right? But a lot of other things are on the table for me and for you. Go team. Questions, thoughts, concerns, comments. Are we learning a little bit today maybe? Yeah. Yeah? Some of you may have to do a little thinking, a little processing, maybe even a little uh, reworking. I think the Bible would call it even repentance for some of us. All right. From chapter two, how many locations are mentioned that the people were from who heard the gospel in their own tongue? Anybody? This page is the idealism page, but it's also some of this stuff matters. It was 15. Nice. There you go. That's pretty cool. The gospel is going out in the language of the people. I have a fun story. On one of my adventure trips, we were in a, uh, we were in, uh, where's San, Puerto Rico, San Juan, right? We were at a church there. One of my students did not speak any Spanish but was speaking the gospel and praying in English to someone who only spoke Spanish. And the person who spoke Spanish completely understood what my student was saying. Is that potentially biblical? There we go, right? Kind of fun. You could either get the new language, which some of you are awesome at languages, have a ball. 
you also may just be able to speak in your own language and they understand it in theirs, which is pretty cool. Go team. Super fun. What is the exact phrase that Paul says in a loud voice to the man with the crippled feet in Lystra? Get up and walk, my boy. No, wait, wait, say, we're going to have a healing here, so we have to put on the music. We have to get everybody around. We have to, wait, everybody has to do what when we pray? What do we have to do? Put your heads down and like fold your hands. And then we have to give a nice, big, long prayer. <laughs> Sorry, what did Paul, what did he do? Ah, uh, stand up. <laughs> wait, did he, real quick, did he even say in the name of Jesus stand up? No, is that a good thing to do? Yes, I recommend it. In other places, they do that. I think it's really healthy. But actually, for Paul, he's just like, hey, stand up. <laughs> Come on. Why, you, real quick, why was this sustainable for them to heal thousands of people? You're healed. Stand up. Leg be good. Shoulders fine. What would they do? High five, high five. Actually, if it was like handkerchief, shadow. What did Jesus do with the one guy? Oh, you can go home. They're fine. <laughs> he didn't even go to the house. <laughs> Right, I, I think a lot of us make it like we're looking for some formula. To, if I pray the right prayer, then they'll get healed. Or if I have the right song playing, then they'll get healed. Or if we bow our head at 38.6 degrees, then we'll get healed. No, uh, stand up. <laughs> what? And part of me is like, that's cool and crazy. I'm not there yet, but I hope that happens before I die. I'm on the discipleship journey. Wouldn't it be fun? I'm like in my wheelchair. Stand up! And they're like, okay. <laughs> Yay, finally happened. You know, I'll keep going until it does. Right? I hope it does. Would you be willing to pray 500 times for someone's ears to be opened? 500 people. And then on 501, what would happen? Boom, they could hear. Would it be worth it? Guess what? If that was one a day, that would only be a year and a half. That's just one a day. I wonder how many of us pray for healing, pray for miracles, pray for signs and wonders. I think a lot of us give up pretty quickly. These Paul's looking at years here, and he's at a place where he's like, stand up. I wonder if Peter even used a boat anymore. <laughs> Probably not. I just I got across the road. Jesus didn't use boats, you know? <laughs> I know. He's like, I wouldn't even, who needs a helicopter? Whatever. All right, write out word for word the exact prophecy that is referenced from Joel by Peter at the beginning of his message in the crowd of chapter 2. Anybody? Is it when they another take his place of leadership? Is it that one? No, not that one, but okay. nice shot, nice shot. Who's got it? Anybody got it? That's, no, that's good. That's good. We're looking at the prophecy from Joel. So Acts chapter. Oh, there. I opened up to Joel. What in the? That's pretty cool. All right. So Acts. Not the Mark, Luke, John. Acts chapter 2. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on just a few people who have PhDs and are preachers. No. Uh, I will pour out my spirit on, ready, everybody catch this, all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women. Bring it, girls. 
I'll pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders, signs and wonders in the heaven above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire, fills of smoke. So we turn to darkness and moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And every single person who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Go team. Woo. Bring it. That's some powerful stuff. I kind of hope you caught the fact that it was men and women and all people. Oh, and by the way, who gets saved? Ready? You guys, I want you. It says that if you call on the name, when I call my wife, hey, Jen, how hard was that? Hey, Jesus. We're good? Cool. Thanks. Complete the verse. Complete the verse. Acts 4, 16 through 20. What should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny that they perform a miraculous sight. I love this, you guys. We can't deny that they did what? Right there. Kipper Wagner. Oh, I love it. Kipper Wagner threw Wheaton Academy for a loop. Who knew Kipper Wagner? Anybody knew his arm before it happened? It was bent since kindergarten. He comes back from a trip and it's what? Straight. What do you do with that? That's what? Undeniable. Like we can't, like I love this. We can't deny that they've performed a miraculous sign and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone about Jesus again. So they called the apostles back and commanded them never to speak again or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, what? Uh, I love this. Uh, wait, we're supposed to listen to you or God? <laughs> We're supposed to make men in authority over us happy or God in authority over us happy? Who are we going to listen to? God. Are you a people pleaser or a God pleaser? Hopefully both. Hopefully both. But what if the people that you're trying to please don't like God? Bummer. Hey, we're almost done. Let me finish it up here, guys. What is the last verse in the book of Acts? 28, 31. And what does it say? Nice job. You get the point. That'll work. Acts chapter 28, 31. But for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. Does it say... The end. No. It really doesn't. Look at the bell. Look at the timing. It's not the end. It's just the what? We're in Acts chapter 2018. Let's go, right? You guys are awesome. Nice job. Bless you. We'll talk about our favorite scenes and favorite characters later. Have a great day. Have fun changing the world.